all right, Jim, it's the first week in October and I need to know, are you decorating for Halloween? Oh my gosh, yes, totally, right. we will be. But here's the thing, I was shopping at Target this weekend for Halloween decor because, I mean, they have a really good Halloween section, don't they? And here was a really cool looking couple wearing their black and their tattoos were showing and their metaphysical jewelry. And we clocked each other in the Halloween section. And I said, oh, I see. We're both shopping for everyday decor in our house. It's the season, isn't it? And they laughed and I laughed. And then I looked over and the blonde haired lady with her kids shopping for Halloween candy was looking at us with horror. <laughs> and then I laughed even harder because it's the season for us witches to like, are we shopping for Halloween or are we shopping for the regular living room? Yeah. You never know. When the witches come out of the woodwork, my favorite time of the year. That's yes. right. <laughs> Light from Lantern presents. Knit a spell. I'm magical maker, Katie Rempe. And I'm the maker of magic, James Devine. Join us as we stitch together the symbiotic relationship between crafting and the craft. All right. So how do you decorate for Halloween then? I'm especially curious because as a witch, what are the inside tips and tricks I need to know about? There is the game. Is that a Halloween decor? Like <laughs> when we have our house decorated for Halloween, by the way, go to the show notes and you'll see what I mean because my husband and I, our house is to the nines decorated for Halloween. It's yes. nuts. It's packed. Beautiful. And we play the game. Like what's every day and what's Halloween. And it's hard to tell sometimes. <laughs> it's a trap. <laughs> because our house is a little bit eclectic all the time. And some of the stuff just naturally goes with the Halloween decor. But yeah, how does a witch decorate for Halloween? I think some people's houses don't need to be decorated at all. <laughs> sure, yeah, good point. <laughs> so yeah, we do really decorate it. We put up the cobweb and put up a lot of pumpkins and bats and spiders and things mm. like that. It is a lot of fun. What do you do? Do you decorate for Halloween? Back when I lived with my folks, my mom loved to decorate for every season, much like I said in uh, a couple yeah. weeks ago. But personally, I just, I can hardly muster the desire to do it because where do I keep it when I'm not using it? And then who's going to put it all away afterwards? And then I don't get very motivated to do it. So if I get yeah. a couple of items out, I feel very festive. I have to admit, it is my husband who really drives it. We have our black and orange bins that have the Halloween decor. Mm. And we have our brown bin that has our Thanksgiving decor. We have our red and green bins that have the solstice and holiday decor for sure we have it all organized and that's one yeah. of the ways to do it and if it wasn't for him pushing it i probably would be a lot more low-key with my decor so it's yeah. helpful to have a spouse and people who are super into it we have trick-or-treaters coming and we have a whole oh, coven to entertain yeah. so that makes it a lot more exciting to sit there and be like okay where do we put this and we have a grandkid that comes over and she likes to count the black cats. How oh. many black cats can she find? I think it's oh. 65 just in the oh. living room. Oh, <laughs> wow. All right. We know what game you'll be playing if anyone goes to visit Jim. Count the cats. <laughs> count the black cats at Halloween time. Yeah, it's fun. Oh. So that's interesting because I wasn't sure when we decided to talk about this if Halloween and that 
decorated vibe comes traditionally to mind. I wasn't sure if that was going to really be every witch's thing. And not to say that it is, but I don't know if it was going to be like, oh, it's too commercialized. Like, we don't really do that kind of a thing. It doesn't take it seriously. I think there are two different holidays happening for Mm. people who are Wiccan-ish or in that sort of like witchcraft type of vibe. There is the holiday of Samhain, which is the holiday that honors our beloved dead, that sort of recognizes the blood harvest, the culling of the herds, the harvest of the hard squashes, the winter squashes, that sort of harvest time. And there is the secular holiday in the United States, very specifically North America. It doesn't really happen in other countries like it does here of Halloween. When you go to Europe or you go to other places and they celebrate Halloween, it's only because it's a fun holiday that they do in the United States. It doesn't really happen in other places. When people dress up in costume and have celebrations, that's something that happens at Mardi Gras or at other times of year, other holidays. So that's a very uniquely American or U.S. type of holiday. How about that, actually? That's a good reminder. I look at it personally as a separate holiday and they might happen on the same night, Mm. but we have our sacred celebration of Samhain, which might include a silent supper, um, a a symbolic meal celebrated in complete silence, honoring our beloved dead, perhaps tears flow and deep emotions are experienced as we sit and remember the people we love who are no longer with us. And it's a very sacred time. And then after doing that, we give out candy to trick-or-treaters and little kids dressed as unicorns and fairies and angels and, you know, everything as they come to the door. Even for me, it seems like there's two holidays happening. The fun holiday of Halloween about candy and costumes and spooky and scary and pranks and joy and the reverent holiday. It makes sense. And maybe part of the reason I thought people who identify as witches may not really be into it is because if you think about a witch and you only have Halloween as your reference point, they are not always very flattering representations of the female magical species. Yeah, we could talk about that. So the images, when we decorate for Halloween, there's a lot of images that come to mind. There's the black cat. There's the bat, there's the spider. And of course, the black cat and those things are often associated with the witch. And I think about the silhouettes of those things. But if we think about the image of the classic Halloween witch, what do we see in that image? Mm. We see green skin. What are some of the other things that we know from that image? A big warty hook nose. Yes, a big warty hooked nose. Mm. We see maybe oh yeah the chin a bit a long Mm -hmm. chin pointy chin we see a funny hat that she's wearing perhaps we see some mottled green skin if you think about the witch trials both the ones that were done in the middle ages and the ones that were done in the early american history we can think about who was a witch A witch was someone who might have looked a lot like you, Katie, a beautiful young woman who was accused of witchcraft for one reason or another. Perhaps her cow got sick, or perhaps a farmer couldn't get her to lie in bed with him, or 
perhaps another woman was jealous of her or for whatever reason, she was accused of being a witch. And with very little to no evidence, she was then put on trial for being a witch. She was then beaten and starved and tortured. And during that beating, her nose was broken and swelled up. Her chin was beaten and her chin swelled up and her skin was bruised. And through that torture, her skin obtained a green pallor because she was so nauseous and a victim of torture and her mm. eyes became sunken and bruised and closed and her hair became stringy and hung out and a dunce cap was mm. put on her head and she was made to wear a black garment of shame and she was paraded through the town with this broken nose, broken chin, swollen features, greenish bruised skin. The image of a witch that we see at Halloween is the image of a torture victim, a person that would have otherwise looked just like you, potentially. Mm. And Villainize when we think the victims, Ugh. that's right. So when we look at those images of witches, we could also see them as victims of torture. And they have then become these mainstream images of what a witch looks like when really a witch looks like you and me and all of us. I know that suddenly became a very serious topic, but this is something to really consider yes. when we look at those images and think about where they might've come from and what it means during the time when people who were accused of witchcraft were persecuted under this idea of being in league with Satan. Mm -hmm. And it's worth considering some of these images and what that means. So what do we do with these images at Halloween? These images are there. We see that greenish witch. We see the images from the Wizard of Oz with the green mm. witch. We see the costumes. What was your favorite costume to dress in growing up? It was a witch. Although I have to say, I never went for the green face paint. But I never even, of course, who would have told me growing up that's what was happening? And nobody knows. Likely they didn't know any. Exactly. So right. I'm glad that we're talking about it because is it a serious topic? Yes, <laughs> as it should be. Yeah. In some ways, we can reclaim this image and we can look at it as well as a crone. So mm. a lot of witches look at that as an old woman and look at that witch as someone who is weasoned and wise and as taken on the crone nature mm. of that image and say, no, that's an old woman who knows the ways of the wise. And so that's one of the ways to reclaim it. Another way is in our household, there's only one or two images of that classic green skinned witch. I think we do have an effigy. I think we have a statue of a witch because it's cute and it's an old fashioned sort of image of a witch, but she's more of an old mother Hubbard or a Baba Yaga type mm. of witch mm -hmm. from the old country. So there's some ways to skirt that sort of idea. And maybe it's something to reclaim and to say, how are we torturing ourselves or others with differing beliefs these days? Pay homage to the people who were wrongly accused. Yeah, absolutely. That was a perfect little history lesson. And so we're gonna take a quick break and when we come back, we'll talk about making decorations for Halloween. See you in a minute. Your hands are the map to achieving anything you want in life. 
but it's hard to read that map on your hands in just one reading. What I started doing is offering coaching. My coaching packages allow me to work with you over time to build towards your goals, listening, advising, and cheering you on. We bring in life coaching, executive coaching, leadership coaching. We bring in tarot, palmistry, a little bit of astrology, all the mystical and the practical together. And these amazing coaching pathways that my clients are on already really help propel people towards their goals. You can join me by sending me an email at jim at the divinehand.com and schedule a free discovery call with me or visit the divinehand.com. Hey, Nidispel fans, join our Patreon for just $13 a month to gain access to extended episode comments, episode outtakes, behind the scenes and bonus content, magical making tips, monthly polls to influence future topics and guests, and interact with your fellow patrons. Plus, you'll be supporting one of your favorite podcasts. Join today to gain access to our entire post history. Visit patreon.com forward slash light from lantern to learn more and sign up. Jim and I look forward to seeing you there. Welcome back, everybody. I'm curious, Jim, what types of Halloween decorations have you made? Have I made? I think we can all agree that likely we have all carved a pumpkin. That seems like yes. a traditional decoration. <laughs> That's the one that immediately comes to mind is pumpkin carving. We used to have a pumpkin carving party at the house almost every year. Mm. We called it the pumpkin kick. Don't Ooh. kick the pumpkin. But it's the kickoff to the pumpkin season. So we'd have that um, probably earlier than we should have because then your pumpkin kind of rots. But That could be part yeah, of the that aesthetic. Was, that was a lot of fun. We actually had a hilarious little prank that I did where I made a <laughs> pumpkin protest where I had all the pumpkins holding signs, protesting being carved. We'll post some of the photos up for you to see. If you want to see all of them, we'll post all of them in the Patreon, but we'll post one or two as teasers yeah. for you to see. It was really hilarious. So some <laughs> what of them inspired were like, that? <laughs> oh, what inspired it was that summer we had gone to like Pride and PETA was out, the people for the ethical treatment of animals. And PETA always has the cutest stickers. Pigs are friends, not food. And you wouldn't hook a dog, why hook a fish? Mm. So they always have these really adorable, very cute messaging with their stickers that always makes you want to be vegan or whatever. As I'm eating my turkey leg, I'm yeah, know, right. looking at the PETA stickers. <laughs> anyway, I don't always agree with PETA's tactics, but their stickers makes you think about being more environmental and how animals are treated and things like mm. that. So I thought, oh my gosh, what if someone got really nuts and had that same sort of approach to like pumpkin meat or pumpkins. Yes. And I just thought it was hilarious. And so I thought <laughs> I'm going to make the PETA style stickers or signs, but for pumpkins, I thought it was perfectly Halloween because it's weird and creepy. It's a little and macabre. Like, yeah. And the movie Chicken Run from way back. Yes. Did you ever watch that movie? The chickens were like, I don't want to be a pie. Yep. And I thought, oh my God, that'd be so funny <laughs> for a pumpkin to say. So those were some of the signs that I made were PETA. So a decoration that I made was the pumpkin protest was really Ooh. funny. And of course we were posting it on Facebook saying, we didn't post any pictures at first. We were like, there's a protest out front. Se Seattle police says, just ignore them. And people went nuts. They were like, what? 
who is it? And then of course, that <laughs> generated all kinds of interest. And then when we finally posted pictures, people died laughing. It was so great. <laughs> it was a fairly peaceful protest until they started throwing the innards of the pumpkins and then it got messy. Yeah, until that happened. Yeah. <laughs> I like the last picture. So of course, all the pumpkins carved. Ah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Of course, we have some of the most precious decorations are the ones that our kids have made. Ah, yes. When they cut out a paper pumpkin and put it mm. on foil. Or oh, yeah. Put two hands do... together and that's a bat. Yeah. So those are really special because they're made by your kids. So we have some of those keepsakes that we put out every year. And of course, even though she's like almost 30 years old, she always looks to make sure that we put out her childhood decoration. <laughs> do you do that with your parents? Like that one Christmas ornament or that one, like, no, no. If anything, I'm like, why do you still have this? It's got three <laughs> silver corns on it still. And it's all falling apart. Yeah. Means so much. Come on, Katie. <laughs> oh God. I get it that it's meaningful to them. Pancakes hasn't made anything like that for me. And I don't think her poops are that precious. If it was a bronzed poop, yeah, you'd I hang it on your tree. You're right. You know. You're right. So but... have you made any decorations for Halloween? Or have you seen, like, you've worked at a yarn shop. What have people made? They've probably crocheted little oh, pumpkins yeah. or something. Oh, yeah. Tons of crocheted pumpkins, knitted pumpkins, or felted, all sorts of pumpkins. Any sort of Halloween-themed gnome. Basically, like, cornucopias, oh. like we talked about before. Halloween um, gnomes. Gnomes are such a thing. I forgot about gnomes. Gnomes are good all year long. That's right. Yeah. Oh, a lot of skeletons. So like in shawls and things or in color work, it'll all be through there or ghosty type yeah. themes. Yeah. I've um, seen those crocheted skull granny squares. Yeah. Those are way cool. Yep. If you do like a bunting of them, that's pretty fun too. So, you know, you can use that to incorporate all different colors. And of course, if you were doing a little color magic, that's where you could pay a little extra attention to what kind of fiber you're using and yeah. what kind of colors. The symbols yeah. this time of year also can be very magical because if you think about the skull is a great way to connect with ancestors, with the dead, with people on the other side. If you put up a bat, there's a lot of symbolism around the bat it can be for prosperity at this time of harvest. The Chinese believe in that a bat can also be about seeing in the dark, seeing what's unseen, being mm. able to make your way and open up the ways that are hidden because they have sonar in different ways to fly and to move about the night. Cats, of course, are super magical. So you can use all of these different symbols as you decorate and decorate in a magical way. So that's another way to incorporate magic into your mundane decorating as well. I was just thinking like, maybe you're not making this necessarily, but I know a lot of people, not me, who are watching scary movies, things other people have made. <laughs> Ooh, True. It's not, it's not my cup of tea. I have enough of an imagination on my own. Some people are going to watch The Purge 10 or the Ugh. horrible new Hocus Pocus that they're making for some reason. I or... hear Hocus Pocus 2 is supposed to be good, no? Is it? I'm glad to hear that. I just have been avoiding it because I'm like, oh, how can it be good? Why? You know what? Rewatch Hocus Pocus because that's good. That's true. That's always a classic. Yes. All the classics. <laughs> I want to know what the classics are people are watching. We used to drive down to Portland. We used to stay all weekend and watch Horror Fest, which was the worst food. We'd order pizza and donuts and awful food and mm. drink too much and smoke too much of all the wrong things and watch horror movies. And he would curate would start with the Simpsons Halloween 
like special and it would end with like the worst horror movies that would give me nightmares there are horror movies that are really awful like the abcs of horror don't watch that oh my god it's awful it's so scary or the purge or movies that are so scary but in the morning it was fun movies i could watch from the morning until around one or two o'clock in the (laughs) afternoon that's my level but it would get spicier and harder and more difficult as you went on so he was really a great horror movie master and he's a total buff on horror movies. So he watches every single one. So that was always a lot of fun to host a movie night. And of course, the f- house was decorated to the nines with everything. So I would be we've very had a upset lot of fun if it wasn't. That. Well, cool. the last thing to decorate is your body. Yeah. For ritual, we often will wear black and be in a sort of a morning or a very ritualistic and thoughtful clothing when we're doing our magical work or our ritual work. But of course, for Halloween, we're dressing up. Yes. And we're doing all kinds of things. So my favorite costume was always to be a vampire. So I had custom-made fangs and white contact lenses and really awesome makeup and a really cool crushed velvet 18th century suit and everything. And I was always very convincing as a vampire which still is my favorite costume i still have that costume and you would dress up as a witch oh yes and then over time making the costumes became my thing so i went from doing the store-bought whatever being a witch every year and then one day being like oh i'm a fan of this anime show or whatever sailor moon probably there's no sailor moon costumes in the stores i guess I have to make it. So my mom helped make it the first one. And then from there, I was like, all right, you know about as much as I do. I'll take it from here. And one thing led to another. And that's how I found myself in fashion design was from making my own Halloween costumes. Halloween is your gateway drug to fashion design. That's right. It was always the time I felt like I could embrace my true weird self and people would have the least to say about it. That's so awesome. (laughs) Making my own costume was a series of finds at Goodwill or at other stores. And then a little bit of sewing. I took a woman's blouse that had a lot of lace at the cuffs and at the collar and sewed them into the inside Mm. of the sleeve so that it was a fake out blousey ruffle. Extra ruffy, yeah, yeah. smart. So I, I, it was just easy kind of stuff like that. And then ordering the white contact lenses and finding the velvet tights and finding the shoes. So things like that. It was a combination of many different places, but finding it all and assembling it together. I think it's way better than a store-bought costume that looks cheap or only lasts for one or two seasons. Yeah. I'm sure your teeth were much better than the plastic teeth that you to fall off your face the whole <laughs> and cut your gums all up. Ooh. Having dental quality fangs that are custom made for you, which you can find in most major cities, are really amazing and pretty spooky. Yeah, a friend of mine did that back in our cosplay days 15 years ago, and she was the first one that I saw get it professionally done like that and i was like oh oh, oh, we really turned a corner (laughs) they're very cool they just snap right on and then you are very legit yes yes pretty cool they even dyed it off white to match my teeth so it isn't like they're super white yeah because they're your teeth after all that's really cool i would love to know from our listeners what their halloween traditions are what crafting do you do around this time and if you have ever made your own halloween costume or if you're like me and perhaps still making them what's your favorite halloween costume story 
I'd love to know those things. It's so much fun. We had a listener send in a video. That's a lot of fun to do. You can just record a quick little video on your phone and send it to us. We love to get stuff like that. Check it out and send us things. If you really want to join the fun conversation, join our Patreon. Of course, you don't have to. We love having you just listen. But for just 13 bucks a month on our Patreon, I am there commenting. Katie's there. We have a lot of extra stuff and even more coming up pretty soon. So thanks everyone for joining us and we'll see you next week. See you then everyone. Thanks for, thanks listening. for listening. If you enjoyed the show, consider sharing it with a friend, leaving a review on iTunes and Spotify or following Knit a Spell on Instagram. You can also subscribe to the Light from Lantern YouTube channel to enjoy full episodes of Knit a Spell and see our happy faces. You can also learn more about readings, classes, and events going on with your favorite maker of magic, James Devine, by visiting thedivinehand.com and subscribing to his newsletter. Then follow Jim's fun and interactive Instagram account at divinehandjim. Keep up with Katie, the magical maker, by subscribing to her newsletter at lightfromlantern.com. You'll receive a free knitting pattern as a thank you gift. Then follow Katie on Instagram at lightfromlantern for even more magical making tips. See you See next, next week. week.